Welcome to the LVR Podcast, a podcast designed for Australian mortgage brokers made by brokers. We're here to help answer your questions with solid industry answers. Learning, validation, and respect. Now, here's your hosts, Ruan Berger and Marissa Schultz. It's so great to be here with you again today, Sean and Marissa, and today we're joined with a special guest, Paul Finlay, who's the CEO of Reach Ecosystems. Today we're talking about a really important topic, which is all about how to attract and retain the best talent. And if you're looking to grow your business and want to have a business that is supported by more than just yourself, then it's really important to understand how to attract and retain the best talent. Don't you think, Ruan? No, 100% agree. And I think I would love to just kick off straight away, Paul. Paul, welcome to our um, LVR podcast. I'm honoured to be here. Thank you. Awesome. And so on that note, Paul, really just want to understand um, one thing for a business owner, firstly, finding good stuff and then retaining good stuff, it could be a full-time job. So reach ecosystem, having the ability to see a bit more about it. I'd love for you to share how that becomes easier for a business owner. Yeah, sure. So the first thing is about attracting the great talent. Uh, and the, the talent is out there. It's just that it's a very competitive marketplace, right? We're at about 0% unemployment in a functional way at the moment in Australia and many other countries around the world. And people are also moving jobs a lot. As we see, the, the great resignation is actually the, the, the great transition or whatever you'd like to call it. And people are moving from organisation to organisation, trying to find the workplace where they feel like they can add value and have a meaningful career. So the talent is out there. It's a matter of being the yeah. place that they want to apply to. So how do we do that is the question. So when people are experienced in a role, another ad that has another description for the same role they've been doing is not appealing. Going to the same role in a different company is not what gets them to be attracted to your organisation. Having them see that the organisation is going to recognise who they are as a person, value them and invest in their development while providing them in an an organisation that has a great culture, that is the thing that makes a difference. The job is the job being invested in, growing, and wanting to be part of something bigger and better than than just you, that's what's appealing. So with Reach, we're able to firstly say to people very genuinely, we understand you, we're bringing you on because we value how you approach life and work, and so you're going to both enjoy the role that we do, but then be complimentary to me as the owner or the founder or the other team members because you bring skills and an approach that we will appreciate and you will be able to do your best work. Yeah. At the same time, we're going to give you the opportunity to grow and develop because the system provides them with personally curated learning that's targeted specifically helping them become more effective in dealing with different people, working with different tasks and handling different situations. So in a sales role... That means that they get more effective at matching and mirroring and adapting their style to have better connection with the people that they're selling to so they become a higher performing person that enjoys their role better. So, Paul, with that being said, and Marissa, I think we've all seen these systems out there mm. that does profiling to a certain extent and try and get you the give you the ability to understand your, your staff better from a recruitment point of view. I mean, great. Yeah. What, what make reach more appealing to something like a disc or any of the others that's out there already, if I may ask? Well, that's an interesting thing, right? So just going back to where we started there, if you think about a profiling tool 
that helps an employer identify somebody that's going to fit well to the role. And Reach does that too. Yeah. But it doesn't help the employer say, we're going to help you do your best work. We're going to help you develop and we're going to grow you. And it doesn't say, this is our culture. We're a world-class culture that is going to be the type of place you want to work. Because one's a profiling tool, which is great, and one's one's a platform that does profiling and learning and helps you build a great culture. Mm. So one of the things that, you know, so here's the interesting thing. With this attraction piece, did you know that if you even mention developing a person during the the recruitment, the interview process, they're 3.5 times more likely to take the job because you mentioned development. So can I just ask a question there? Yeah, sure. You know, I think what you're saying is, is spot on in terms of being able to deliver that culture that is going to... Uh, be appealing to the applicant, but also how do you develop that applicant? Now, I'm I'm thinking about the people that are listening to this podcast and some of them would be, you know, sole operators at the moment or very small businesses just looking to hire their, you know, one or two people. And they're probably um, thinking, you know, what you're saying is true about needing to develop someone, but they're probably thinking in the back of my, well, how can they, how can they do that? Or having the right. time to. Yeah, having the time to develop someone. So mm. can we just delve a bit further into that and say, how does a, you know something like reach help someone that's on their own and just taking on their first or second staff member help to offer that development um, the development opportunities in such a small business? Yeah, great. So that's an excellent question. So there's two parts to it. One is you have an emotional connect, a connection to someone's heart, so they actually care and they lean in. That might sound very soft and wishy washy, but I'll come back to that in a second. And then the second is using. Uh, data and automation to give them their own curated learning that is micro learning that they can get in the flow of work. So for those of us that have, I'll just bring this to life a little bit. For for those of us that have ever uh, had a profiling experience where you you get a uh, DISC or Myers-Briggs or one of those products that helps you go, oh, wow, I get it, right? Mm. And and you lean in and you're like, if if I'd known this, I would have seen that person differently, right? And you get this developer awareness of yourself and other people. Mm. That's great. And that there, that moment uh, creates neuroplasticity in adults, right? Where we see that there's an opportunity to grow and do things yeah. differently. That moment is where we, we, we've created a foundation for learning. What REACH does, it, take, it takes that moment and then gives the person their own personal development dashboard with all of their own micro learnings, like 15 minute bite sized pieces of, 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 of learning, which is actually broken down into three minute bits of learning. So mm-hmm. when they see, geez, I, if I knew how to do that or handle that situation better, I'd be more comfortable in, in, in more situations and I would, I would connect with people better and I would, I would sell more. So you're saying that Reach is also a learning platform. Basically, you offer training and support to the staff members that are sort of part of it. It's a capability and culture platform. So it gives, so yes is a, is a, is a short answer. So yeah. it gives um, the learning opportunities it provides for the individual people to have their own content. The participation rate is really high, right? Because when you, when you have that moment, you're like, oh my goodness, if I knew how to do that better... I'd enjoy my day better, mm. right? You actually then take it because you see an opportunity to, to, to grow. So people actually, when you when the owner says, uh, here is your learning, the take-up rate is about 70% in the first 24 hours, right? So awesome. people go through the mm. interview process, land in the business, and the owner says, this is going to help you p- uh, perform better. 
and and it's instantly there. Mm. Right? No one needs to do anything. So how does an owner that has all these competing demands say to a person, we're going to develop you? They depend on a capability and culture platform that is uh, data-led and automated, right? So they don't need to do anything more. Mm. However, some of them, uh, some owners, uh, really enjoy coaching and really enjoy adding, you know, learning to meetings and bringing continuous improvement and development to life. You know, some mm. people have that coaching relationship uh, with their staff. And in which case, the platform also provides all of the materials so they don't need to go and work all that stuff out. It gives the learning to the individual and then the resources to the owner so they can go both ways. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I mean, it's great for because, look, let's face it, uh, most mortgage brokers that are trying to build their teams, they're really busy doing their yeah. doing their thing. Yeah. Uh, so they need it to be, um, they ne- you know, they need that help and support. So the fact that all those materials and resources are right there at their fingertips. I think the other thing is that getting right the right corporate culture can be really tricky. Yeah. Right. It's definitely challenging. And every time you bring in a new person to the team, it changes the dynamics of the culture. So you, it's something that you just have to constantly work on over and over and over again. It's yeah. not one of those things that's just set and forget you do it once and you get it right and it just sort of, no. you know, stays right. It's one of those things that you've got to constantly work on. Correct. So that's sort of the attraction piece. And in the attraction piece, at what stage do you think you should be applying these uh, reach surveys to your applicants? Is it when you're at the shortlist or when you've got your final applicant that you're ready for? Like, is this something that you would normally encourage people to do these personality surveys before they actually hire someone? What's your advice there? Yeah, absolutely. So the the, the magic with being a successful employer and having a high-performing team is having people doing jobs that they enjoy. It sounds silly. Yes, right? yeah, I agree. But in the starting oh, yeah. blocks, right, if a person loves a fast-paced, high-energy, deadline, target-oriented job, mm. for goodness sake, don't have them in the back office doing methodical, process-based, repetitive work that just to keep doing the same thing over and over again. Yep. Conversely, some people love... Um, order and sequence and process and detail, and they just love that that process. Don't put them in a role where you're going, here's your target, run, right? Because mm. yeah. it feels horrible, right? And it's yeah. it's not better or worse. It's just do I like this style of thing or don't I? Yeah. So the uh, ideally you get the insights to whether the person is applying for anything and going for a job and saying yes, right, mm. or I actually would really love this style of work. Um, and I'm going to lean into it, right? So you get the insight prior to getting, well, probably at the shortlist stage. So yep. you can you can have, if nothing else, a much higher quality uh, interview conversation um, because you can make sure that what you're reading in the insights provided by the platform about the person is the same as they explain to you in conversation, where you're asking about their roles and what mm. they like, and you know what they what they lean into and what they have found aversive in previous roles. So you get the extra data point to be confident you're going to bring someone in and set them up for success instead of bring them into a role that they you know, yeah. want to turn up to late for every day. Yeah. And Paul, I've I've had the opportunity to and the pleasure to now sit into some of these sessions and see how reach work in businesses. And I think there's more to it than just recruitment piece. Like, I mean, the culture piece, uh, you, you know, like you said it yourself, Marissa, this is an ever-changing platform. It's ever-changing landscape mm. with culture. The more people you get, the more the more different differentiations comes to play. And um, I've seen this happening in a business in respect of the culture and then the 360 for the managers, 
Tell so, us a bit about that because yeah, that's been unreal. So culture is a is a vague word. So I'm going to make it a, l- a little more concrete. How people feel about their day is how they uh, are managed and how the people around them work and behave toward them. So if a manager or an owner has certain ways in which they work and lead, that's what the people experience as the culture. Mm. Now, if yeah. you uh, an employee doesn't have the opportunity to say to their boss, hey, listen, when I started here, you didn't give me enough onboarding to know where to find the important information. Or, hey, boss, when I do these things on, on my week to week, you don't give me enough feedback so I don't know if I'm doing well. Or, hey, boss, you tell me so much detail, I feel like you think I'm stupid and I'm not. I'm experienced. Let me do my job. Right? <laughs> it can be one or the other, right? But they don't have the opportunity to say that. Yeah. And that is what we call the employee experience, which we categorise into four things, the who, why, what and how of how we lead and manage. How we do that results in the engagement. So would you recommend this as a place to work and you, you intend to stay here? Right. So by but even if you're a small team, having a formal process, which only takes people 10 minutes to say, you know what, I don't get enough feedback mm. or there's there's too much control over what I do. Right. Just these really simple responses means that the manager can go, all oh, right, OK, I see how I can adapt to give this person a better experience working here. Do you find that these with these surveys, do they do, they do it anonymously, the staff? Always. always. Yeah. I guess the challenge with that that I see is that you can uh, manage two team members in exactly the same way, but they could be feeling completely different. So one of them could be feeling like they're getting too much information and too much feedback. Mm. The other one could be feeling like it's not enough That is because it is personality-based. So if you're getting a survey like this done by your team members and it is anonymous, how is that helping you to actually adapt your style for the individual team members? to suit their individual personality. Okay, so that's a great question. And it depends on the size of the business. There's a, you've, you've opened up uh, many variable conversation there. Um, so you can have people say which team they're in or not or have it completely anonymous. There's a whole range of different different variables. The thing that it does in the first instance, so, and I'm trying to do a lens here of a business with, with two people. Mm-hmm. If you have two people, it's actually not that anonymous because there's a small number of respondees. Yeah, right? that's right. But here's the thing. Let's say it's a it's an owner and two staff, right? And we mm. have one staff member given the opportunity to say, you are micromanaging me and it wants and it makes me want to smash my face in the wall. And the other person says, I don't even get any feedback. I don't know whether you think I'm doing a good job, right? Yeah. That's because the they have different personalities mm. and the owner doesn't know that they need to reach to the different people, mm. right? Because the, the person you've got that's an experienced outbound sales rep needs different leadership and management than the person you've got that's supporting your, your back office and entering all, all, all the contracts and getting the details right. They want different leadership and management. Yeah. And if you're the owner cruising along going, why does this person keep, why does a person in this role keep leaving? and you don't have the data point to help you get some awareness, mm. you just have this revolving door of people so, that don't like the job. So if you have more people, how do you know? Let's say you've got 10 employees, yeah. and then as that manager, how do you know when it is a nominous that uh, this is the way it's affected one? How do you then give that ability to grow? So as a as a manager, you tend to go through a journey where you learn about yourself with your, with your reach profile, yeah. and then you go to your team and you find out whether... 
um, in general, you're doing a good job uh, with your team. Or if you've got multiple teams um, in a bigger business, you see which manager in general is doing well and which one isn't. The system has an analytics piece where we call, we refer to ourselves as your neck muscles. So the system turns your head to look at the piece of the of, of the business um, or the piece of the leadership or management that needs improvement. So it actually surfaces that. Yeah. However, so more focus on you and as the manager person. Well, well, that. well. Firstly, you you do the anonymous the the anonymous team um, uh, culture survey so you can see where things are at, mm. and that's a little less confronting than getting 360 feedback, where it is actually all the people around you and their relationship to you giving you direct feedback. So mm. we start with awareness of self, and then what that's like to be how um, being on my team, what that's like, and then feedback through 360 feedback, which is how am I personally performing and experienced as a manager to all the different people and their relationships around me. Yeah. So I have the three different ways to look at it and you tend to go on that natural journey from self to collective to um, feedback about me. And that way you can you can grow and with a with a growth mindset and continuously improve. Yeah, I think from what I've seen in, in the industry, I think a lot of broking businesses do really struggle with the attraction and retention piece of the right team members. And I think what you're talking about now is just it gives brokers and business owners another tool so that they're not necessarily... Because people can interview well and they're not necessarily be the right fit for the role or the, or the team. So yeah, right. this is, I guess, giving another tool that, that business owners can rely upon in their recruitment process to see if they are finding the right person for the right role and the right team. Correct. In terms of the... Can I, can I just add the piece there? And it's about just as much about keeping them. You, you get them on. And here's, here's a thought for, for, for business owners to think about. Yeah. If people are... If you're hiring experienced people in their particular role, right, it means that when they're applying for a job with you, they're not leaving the industry and they're not changing their role, they're leaving their boss. Because they're going to the same role mm. in the same industry for a different boss. They're always leaving their boss. Yeah. So after you've got them on, the magic is to have them say, I love my boss. I love this business. Mm. And that is what keeps them. And that is what creates a high-performing broker versus a low-performing broker because they've got the great people. And they go, I love it here. That's the magic. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I absolutely love that. And I actually think that we need to have another podcast session dedicated to that yeah so just on that note marissa what um success and broker is signing up with reach for our clients what i would love to do marissa is for you and me to do this profiling with paul for next session yeah and talk about how this looks let paul tell us more about it i think that would be awesome yeah definitely keen and i'd love to have a session that we dedicate just on how to improve company culture yeah i love it you know because i think that team culture is such a important aspect and people don't necessarily prioritize spending time on, on fixing the culture and, and making the culture as good as it can be. So yeah. uh, if you're keen to come back, Paul, I'd love to have a session that we dedicate purely to uh, how do you get the corporate culture right, uh, how do you improve the culture that you've got, and maybe you might have some tools and strategies and some tips. Uh, and some resources potentially that you can share with our audience on how to improve your team culture. Absolutely. Can you give me 30 seconds to give you something of, to think about yeah. prior to the next session? Love it. Sure. When we're talking about culture, this is the type of thing that we're talking about. So the number one thing that has people leave a job before having lined up their new one, think about that. So I'm so fed up, I'm walking out and I don't know what I'm going to do. Put their personal life at risk. 
the the thing that drives them to do that most is that they don't believe they have the resources to be able to do their job on an ongoing basis. Right? Mm-hmm. If you think the the expectations are, un, are unrealistic or you don't have the tools, you walk. Yeah. Now, when I'm talking about culture, I'm talking about people, that's an example, right? I, I need the right tools and it needs to be realistic or I'm out. Yeah. So it's not about warm and fuzzy stuff. It's about having a place that people want to turn up to tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right? It's really practical and real. It. And the goal really is to have a team that love what they do, yeah. adding value to the business every day and are... Uh, basically shouting from the rooftops how good it is to work where they are. So, I mean, that's obviously the ultimate goal for every business owner. So this has been super interesting, Paul. Thanks so much for joining us today. We've gone way over time, but it has been a really interesting chat. And I think that we will continue and have a part two of this session where we delve more into the team culture part of, you know, embracing a great team and a great team culture. So, uh, thank you to everyone that's tuned in and listened today. It's been great to catch up with you again and we'll look forward to hearing from you at the next podcast. We also would love to hear from you. So if you have any questions or any topic suggestions, please send them through and please make sure you like and share our podcast and subscribe to it so that you can keep receiving the episodes. Thanks for your support and we'll see you again next time. Thank you, everyone. Till next so time. Much. Bye. Thanks for listening to the LVR podcast. We hope you gained massive value from today's episode. And we'd like to thank our sponsor, Success and Broker and The Broker Journal, driving broker routines and behaviors for better client outcomes. If you found this podcast helpful, please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. And we'd appreciate if you gave us a five-star review. That way, it'll help others who would value this content too. We'll join you in the next episode.